And our kiddos can head on to the back if you want to go to Children's Church. And if you would, open your worship guide. Today is going to be a little different. I'll say the next few weeks will be a little different. In the fact that we won't just stick to one passage that we focus on for the day. We'll kind of, we're, we're going to really try to uh, grasp an understanding on this topic called prayer. And so we will kind of touch on quite a few scripture passages. So if you want to try to keep up, you can. Have your Bible and your thumb ready. Otherwise, you can get your pen ready and jot some notes down. A lot of those should be in the, the Bible app if you want to follow along there this morning. Um, as we get started, though, i got a question. Has anyone ever played the telephone game? Now, there are a few different, that could mean a few different things to you. My first thought when I hear that is I hear the cans and the string. You ever played with cans and a string and talk to each other? Some of the younger ones don't have a clue what we're talking about. You try to communicate to each other through a, a can, like a canned vegetable can, attach it with a string, and you can hear each other. I know a lot of playgrounds do similar things now, or you can talk into the speaker and hear on the other end of the playground. There's also another game, a telephone, where you share a message to one person, then you go around a circle, and by the time it gets back to you, the message has changed, right? There's a breakdown in communication along the lines. Today I want to talk about prayer. And what does prayer really mean? What is prayer and what is prayer not? Because a lot of us have some misconceptions when it comes to prayer. And you think about it, essentially, I think telephones, cell phones have really killed us when it comes to communication. Because it's so easy to communicate. I was having a discussion with uh, some colleagues this week about decision making. And... They said, when you have to make a decision, maybe there's a call that you need to make, a decision that needs to be done in the church, how do you handle it? Well, you, and a lot of times it's time sensitive and you need to deal with it quickly. And everyone's answer was, you just pick up the phone and either call or text. And I said, absolutely not. That's the last thing you want to do. Any major decision that's made, and I would challenge all of you to do this, don't do it over the phone. Do it in person. If a major decision in church life or home life needs to be made, you talk face-to-face -face with someone because there's so much that you miss when you're on the phone. The only thing, if you're on the phone talking to someone, you hear that voice, and that's it. You don't catch any of the other clues. If you're texting someone, you've missed everything. But we've made it so simple. We've even moved, the generation has moved from email communication and away from email communication, how many of you like to communicate via email? Raise your hand. A few of you. How many of you communicate talking on the phone? Raise your hand. How many of you communicate via text message? Text is taking over. Uh, most business done now is probably over text messaging, not even email anymore. And then you get into all these other apps that you snap or chat or whatever, walkie-talkie, whatever it is. It's crazy. But when it comes to prayer life, what do you think about when you hear the word prayer? Talking to God. When does that occur? At any time. Most often we think about meals and bedtime, don't we? Anyone grow up having your parents tell you, say your prayers, 
before you go to bed, and then you fall asleep before you get halfway through. We have those check marks that we have to make in life. We pray before we eat or our food will make us sick. We pray before we go to bed so we can wake up the next morning. We might even pray when we wake up, thanking God that we're still alive. But that's about it. But what is prayer really for? What's the point of it? And that's what I want to talk about this morning. So today I want to know what, we want to discover what is prayer anyway. I want to share with you a few things that prayer is not. And this, this, these are some mistakes that we quickly make. And we think you're going to see these things. I'm going to share six things that prayer is not. You're going to see these things and you think, oh, that's ridiculous. But I'm telling you, you've heard someone tell you this and you've believed it in some form or fashion. Okay, you ready? Prayer is not a clearing of the mind. Have you ever heard this? If you just clear your mind, God will speak to you and God will move in your life. We see that in a lot of different mystical practices activities, but prayer is absolutely not a clearing of the mind. It's not a moment of silence. We see that happen often, don't we, in public. Well, let's have a moment of silence for our dear sister that passed away. While that's nice, is that prayer? Third, incoherent speech. We've been there, right? Maybe when you get upset or angry or you hit your thumb with a, with a hammer, then you might have a little incoherent speech. But that is not prayer. Some of you like to say it is, but it's not. Number four, prayer is not chanting of mantras. This is not learning this phrase, and if I say it enough times, God will hear me, and God will answer me. This is not the secret keyword to prayer, and we're going to figure this out. Prayer is not lighting candles. There's a lot of religious practices that do that. Well, someone's in need, well, let's go light a candle for them. And God's going to feel the aroma from the candle or smell it and answer the prayer. That's not prayer. And lastly, prayer is not keeping thoughts in our mind. Now, some of us almost do this from time to time, don't we? Some of us don't realize we catch ourselves doing this. But have you ever had someone tell you a need and you said, well, I'll pray for you, or I'll be thinking about you, or I'll keep you in my mind? It's not necessarily prayer. Just because I say I'm going to pray for you, Randy, does that mean I'm going to pray for you? Absolutely not. And I would probably argue, uh, y'all are good people, so I'm not going to say that. A lot of us, when we say, I'll be praying for you, probably more than half the time we don't, because we forget. You ever been there? Maybe you've been in a conversation with somebody, and you realize, hey, they have a need. Oh, Jason, I need to pray for you this week. And then I see Jason next Sunday, and I realize what? Oh, I forgot all about Jason. I hope he's still alive. hope he's all right. No problem, Jason. We've been there, right? It's not keeping thoughts in our minds. What is the primary purpose of prayer, though? It, it is a relationship. And I kind of played with you a minute ago in this discussion when I initiated it about what is prayer. Prayer is not getting our checklist answered. And a lot of times when we initiate a conversation with God, it's because we have a need and we need help, right? 
We sang some songs about that. Incredible message through the words of our choir as we opened uh, the songbooks this morning and sang to God. But God is with us, and He will carry us. But how many of us will depend on Him? The primary purpose of prayer is to connect us in relationship with God. When we initiate a conversation with God, it has absolutely nothing to do with what we need and what God can give us. And everything to do with a connection. A connection in relationship. Prayer serves the purpose of providing a connection point between us and God. It's kind of like, I'm going to point anybody out this morning, but it's kind of like with your spouse, right? Have you ever gone to a, a time where you just didn't talk much to your spouse? Maybe you were so busy. You don't, we don't have to guilt anyone into talking, though, Jason. But well, you've been there, right? Maybe you're away from them, or life is just so crazy, you see each other coming and going, and there's a breakdown in communication with your spouse. Does that hurt your relationship? Maybe we should run an experiment. Let's take a, a, a number of married couples and say, only talk to each other right before you eat dinner, and right before you go to bed, and see what happens. Probably not good things, huh? And you have to limit that, because at night you're going to go to sleep, and so you got to pray or talk quick, okay? So honey, I'm tired, let's get this going. Or sweetie, I'm hungry, so let's have this conversation quick so we can eat our cheeseburger. Bad things will happen. But we treat God that way. We think, I would never do that to my spouse, but I'll do it to God every day. Prayer is about a relationship with God. So who is this God that we want to have a relationship with? Who is the one that we want to develop this relationship with? I want you to look with me at, at Revelation. Revelation chapter 1. We see a vision uh, from John of God, and he tells us, he gives us a description of God in the vision. He says, the hairs of his head were white, like white wool, like snow. His eyes were like a flame of fire, and his feet were like burnished bronze, refined in a furnace, and his voice was like the roar of many waters. In his right hand he held seven stars, from his mouth came a sharp two-edged sword, and his face was like the sun shining in full strength. That sounds like a dude you want to get to know, isn't it? I mean, that's somebody you want to be friends with. I mean, if I want to, and pardon my language, if I need to find a homeboy that's going to take care of me when things go bad, like, this is it. Like, how many of you worry about life? And you struggle day to day. Like, am I going to survive? Like, this world is crazy. I don't know if I can make it. Like, this is the guy I want on my side. And John is describing God here in this picture as he has a face-to-face -face interaction through this vision with God. Notice his reaction. When I saw him, I fell at his feet as though dead. But he laid his right hand on me, saying, Fear not, I am the first and the last, the living one. I died, and behold, I am alive forevermore. 
Again, that's a guy I want to know. But notice John's response when he has this interaction with God. What does he do? He humbly falls on his face as though he were dead. I mean, it stops John in his tracks. And there is nowhere else to go. There is nothing else to do but lay before the creator God, the sustainer God, the God who has gained victory over all the evil in the world. This is the God that wants to have a relationship with us. He wants to love us and know us. You see, prayer is the act of entering into God's presence. We see in Hebrews chapter 4, 16, Let us then with confidence draw near to the throne of grace, that we may receive mercy and find grace to help in time of need. You see, the end result sometimes we think is an answer to prayer. Meet my need, God. And that's what it's about. But it's a byproduct of a relationship that we have with God. We pray, we spend time with Him to get to know Him, to love Him. And as a byproduct of that, His love will flow through us and help meet our needs as we gain mercy and grace from Him. So you may think, you know, that's great. But I don't deserve this. You ever feel that way? Like, I don't deserve to have a relationship with God. Like, how can I even be in His presence? And we've got to understand the fact that we don't. The reality is, is we can't stand before God except for Jesus. He makes all the difference. You see, this relationship with God, the opportunity to get to know God has been made available because of Jesus. Hebrews chapter 10 tells us, Therefore, brothers, since we have confidence to enter the holy places by the blood of Jesus, by the new and living way that he opened for us through the curtain, that is, through his flesh. You see, Jesus came and lived and died for us. He paid the price for our sin, and he tore the veil. He tore the curtain of separation between us and him. We see the Old Testament people, nation of Israel, and they went and worshipped God in the temple, in the tabernacle. There was a place in that tabernacle where God dwelled, in that innermost room, and that was separated from everyone else by a curtain. No one had access except a priest for one day. And that priest had to tie a rope around his waist in case he died so they could pull him out. But because of Jesus, we have access to the Father through his blood. You see, Jesus tore the curtain. He provided opportunity and gave us access to the creator and sustainer of the world and initiated a relationship through this one word called prayer that allows us to interact with God. You see, at heart, prayer is the vehicle that equips us to do three things. It equips us to know love, and worship God. The primary purpose of prayer is not for God to answer our questions, not for God to meet our needs. The primary purpose is to know God, to love God, and to worship God. 
Ephesians chapter 3 tells us that it's all about a relationship so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, that you being rooted and grounded in love may have strength to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth and length and height and depth and to know the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge that you may be filled with the fullness of God. It's about love. It's about relationship. It's about worship. Not only that, but it's about understanding and conforming our lives to His will and ways. Prayer is not a vehicle to answer our questions, but it's an opportunity to line our lives up with God's will. To understand who God is and what God has done and how God can lead us in the ways of righteousness. 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 18 tells us, And we all with unveiled face, beholding the glory of the Lord, are being transformed in the same image from one degree of glory to another. For this comes from the Lord, who is the Spirit. You see, at heart, prayer doesn't change things. And if that's our primary purpose or goal in our initiating a prayer relationship with God, we're going to be disappointed. In heart, prayer doesn't change things. Prayer changes us. Prayer draws us closer to God, understanding God's will and God's ways and conforming us into His image as we serve Him in this world. See, as we get to know, love, and worship God, we come to understand who He is and what He's done for us. And we seek to please Him through our lives. And thirdly, it gains us access to God to advance His kingdom, His power, and His glory. If we think prayer is about meeting our needs, we're going to be disappointed. But at heart, prayer is about advancing God's kingdom, furthering God's power, and allowing God to receive the glory. We know the verse well. Matthew six thirty-three. it says, Seek first whose kingdom? His kingdom. And whose righteousness? His righteousness. Yes, seek first His kingdom and His righteousness, and then everything else will be added unto you. You see, prayer, prayer allows us to join God in what He's already doing in and through our lives. It gives us an opportunity to participate in kingdom work for kingdom causes. So if we look at prayer life as, okay, God, here's my checklist or here are my needs that I need you to meet today, we're going to walk away disappointed. But when we understand the fact that prayer is an opportunity for us to get to know the God of creation, the God that sent his son to die for us, the God that loves us so much that he wants to spend time with us, if we look at prayer through that lens, it changes everything. And it gives us an opportunity to know him to love Him and to worship Him, to understand Him, to conform our lives to His, and then gives us access to His power to advance His kingdom in the world. That's what prayer is all about. Prayer is a relationship, an ongoing relationship. And so now I want to just finish out today. I want to give you two different strategies of prayer. Because I know a lot of times things can get stale or <clears throat> frustrating in our prayer life, and we kind of get sidetracked easily, don't we? So I want to share two types of prayer strategies. And one, 
One of them you should be familiar with because it's on our Wednesday night prayer guide every week. And this is the ACTS prayer method. ACTS, A-C-T-S. The A stands for adoration. When we initiate a prayer relationship with God, the first place, the best place to start is adoration. You give God the adoration that he deserves. What does that mean? You thank God or praise God for who he is, for what he has done in your life. You recognize his holiness and his power, and you rejoice in his name. You relinquish control to him. You adore him. You love him. You thank him. Start your prayer life that way, giving him the adoration that he deserves. That's the A. The C, confession. After you adore him and you praise his name, the natural next step is to confess your sins. 1 John chapter 1 tells us, if we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. But if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us for all unrighteousness. We understand that when we sin, it disconnects our relationship, right? You ever got in a fight with your loved one? It kind of messes up that relationship for a minute. And then you need reconciliation to draw back to him or her. The same thing with prayer. As you approach God in your prayer life, praise him for who he is. But then fall before him in confession and give your sins to him. Repent of the things you've done wrong, the things that have broken that relationship between you and him. Confess your sins and he will forgive you, scripture tells us clearly. That's the C. The T is thanksgiving. Thanksgiving. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, Give thanks in all circumstances, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. You see, we praise God for who He is, we confess our sins to God, but then we need to make sure and thank God for what He's done for you. You ever had a lousy day or a lousy week? You just don't have much to be thankful for. But just look around. Look around at where you live or who you spend your time with or the things that God has blessed you with. And if you still can't find anything to be thankful for, you have one thing, and that's Jesus. Because no one can take Jesus away. You trust in Jesus as your Savior, and he cleanses you from all unrighteousness. That's one thing that can never be taken. Thank him for what you have. The ways that he has blessed you, the opportunities that he has given you, to love and serve him. And then the S is supplication. Here's the part that we are most familiar with. Here's the ask. Here are the things that we go to first and that we end with when we're frustrated. James 4.2 tells us, you have, you do not have because you do not ask. We know this passage from Matthew 7. Ask, and it will be given. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and the door will be opened. For everyone who asks receives, and the one who seeks finds. And the one who knocks, it will be opened. Supplication. Following this method, this places God on the throne where he belongs. You begin your prayer conversation with God, praising and worshiping him for who he, who he is. Confessing your sins to him and then thanking him for what he's done. 
And then after you've done all those things, then you ask God for what you need. And the funny thing is, by the time you get through the first three, the ask may be different than when you began. As you align your will with God's and you conform your life with His, that ask could change. But we must remember that when we initiate a prayer relationship, it's about knowing God and growing closer to Him more than anything else. And not having God just meet our needs. Second type of prayer strategy. This one I'm not going to go over very thoroughly because we're going to do that tonight. We're going to put this into practice tonight. So I encourage you to come back at 5 tonight as we walk through this. We've been walking through this a little bit on Wednesday nights too. This one is pray, P-R-A-Y, if you want to write these down. Number one, the P stands for praise. Praise and worship God. The R stands for repent. It's kind of like Acts. Follows those lines. Get honest about sin. Praise God for who He is. You repent of your sin, and then you ask. You begin to intercede on behalf of others. And the difference between pray and acts is the Y stands for yield. Yield. It's surrender your will to His. Now, this one is a little different, and this sets up well for you to pray through Scripture. So if you've ever wondered how the Bible factors into your prayer life, we're going to do that tonight. We're going to take one verse out of the Bible, and we're going to walk through this prayer method with that one verse. And we're going to practice together. You know, how do we, how do we add Scripture to our prayer life? And how do we really follow what God tells us to do? We talked about this a few weeks ago. And we're really good at this. We're really, really good at reading our Bible. We're really good about going to Bible study. And we're even pretty good at praying. But then it comes to the end, and really the why. This is where we struggle. We're good at asking God, and we're good at learning about God and what God wants us to do. But we kind of fall flat on our face when we read something out of the Bible, and it tells us to do something. Do you do it? I was listening to a speaker a few weeks ago, and he said, you know, if Christians would only do what the Bible says, the world would change. And that's true. Because how many times have you read the Bible? Through your devotional or your Sunday school book? And it very clearly says, this is what you need to do. And you think, I can't do that. That's too hard. Or that doesn't make sense. Or yeah, if I were a missionary, or if I could give up everything, or if I didn't have this problem, I could, I could do what the Bible says. That's, that's really scary. Because at heart, what are you doing? You're telling God no what you're doing so we're going to talk about how tonight we're going to talk about how do we how do we adapt our scripture to our prayer life and how we can fully enhance that relationship with God understanding the fact that we just can't pick up the phone and have a phone conversation with God can we 
Or we can't walk up to God and say, okay, God, let's sit down and have a cup of coffee together. But God's given us an incredible gift through Jesus and through the word of God for us to go deep and intimate in that relationship because he's given us everything we ever need right here. So if we use it effectively and we spend the time with him that we need to, incredible things will happen. So as we go deeper into this study on prayer and we look at how does God answer prayer and how do we pray effectively in our lives, I encourage you to stick with us. As we continue praying through our prayer guides for our one, I encourage you to find opportunities uh, to invest in relationships with your one. It's been incredible to hear your conversations. You know, I've heard a couple this week that all they've done so far is they've prayed for their one and they've invested in their one. And they've told me, you wouldn't believe how many opportunities show up for me to share my faith. And I just haven't quite gotten the courage to do it yet. But isn't it, isn't it incredible how God moves when we open our eyes and we let him work? So I encourage you to keep praying for your one. Your one that needs to hear about Jesus and invest in their lives. And God will give you an opportunity as you pray for them, as we encourage them to reach that one this year. It's been encouraging to hear about your gospel conversations that you're having. I encourage you to keep it up as we go deeper in this thing called prayer over the next few weeks. God is good, and he will meet our needs when we take the time to get to know him. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, Lord, I thank you so much for the day you've given us. Father, to spend time together, to learn more about you. Father, to love you. So, Father, I ask today that you would, Father, show us who you are, how great you are. And, Father, give us an opportunity to go deeper with you. And, Father, when we do that, I pray that you would speak and move in a mighty way. Father, as we align our lives with your will and seek to further your kingdom here in this community. So, Father, prepare us for a work and equip us to get it done. In your son's name we pray. Amen.